joined with the one the only Sam who's also the wonderful singer of our theme song yeah thank you for having me and thank you for having me play a song for you you're welcome you guys heard it here first this is a artist who will soon be going platinum if people can even go platinum now that they're streaming yeah I don't know how you go platinum because nobody buys music no but if I do ever make music I hope y'all buy the cd yeah we'll <laughs> or link like to a, it mp3 or whatever yeah the we'll, format will be we'll circle back to you we'll like reshare this episode when you're actually famous yeah that sounds good you can play the part where I'm like this is the first ever time I'm playing on the yes. on the internet yes. <laughs> on the interweb well you're welcome everyone do get a front um row seat to this famous lady she's also famous for a few other things so one of them is running and that's what we're going to get into today whoop, whoop. So while I go turn on my air conditioning, Sam, do you want to tell the world a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my name is Sam. Um, I'm a pretty avid runner. I actually just got selected to be a Nike product tester, so I'm really, really excited about that. Um, I started running a long, long time ago and have absolutely fallen in love with it. To say that I like running is a total understatement. I'm definitely addicted. Um, and I am just so delighted to, to come and talk to you, Lauren, about um, why I love running and, and moving and just health and fitness. And then some key things that might help people out there who are looking to get started running or have been on a run and had some issues with gastrointestinal issues or <laughs> if you've ever tried to try on shoes when you don't have socks or if you, uh, you know, are just looking to figure out, you know, it's 42 degrees outside. What do I wear? Um, so thank you so much for having me. Awesome. We are excited. Right now, it's January. It's like the third week of January by now. And a lot of people are like deep into those New Year's resolutions. Either either they are holding true to them, realizing that they can like even increase and like up their ante. And then some people have totally given up on their resolutions already. So whether or not you believe in resolutions, I think everyone can agree that it's good to get our bodies moving. And um, this year in the past, like since March, at least in DC, we've all kind of been stuck inside unless you choose to run outdoors. Yeah. It's, it's been interesting with COVID just how many people you see outside running around the city. Um, it's really exciting. And I'm hopeful that the running community grows from, you know, a newfound group of running lovers um, who didn't really have a choice but to, you know, <laughs> lace up and hit the pavement. Yes. So what would you say are some tips for someone who's like usually anti-runner like I remember back in the day before I kind of started like jogging I'm not like a hardcore runner but I like to jog um like the mile was when I heard that we were doing the mile on PE it was like soul crushing so how would you recommend someone who's like never been a runner kind of nervous about it how should they get started yeah running starting running in high school or middle school or whenever you were put on the track to do a timed mile actually kind of reminds me a little bit of like when you're in AP lit or like just like you know 10th grade English class and they may force you to read books you don't want to read and you're like I hate reading yeah it's kind of similar I think for running because they're like all right kids we're gonna put you on a track and like outfits that are really uncomfortable yeah. and awkward <laughs> like 
really long shorts for the women and <laughs> really short shorts for the guys. And we're going to have you run as hard as you can in a circle. Yeah. Like, are we surprised that people <laughs> didn't fall in love with that activity? Um, and so I think the key really is, you know, like, if you put if you lace up your tennis shoes and you go outside and you are moving at a pace that's faster than walking you're a runner Ooh. like you are and so I think taking on that identity and being like I'm a runner like you don't have to run six minute pace you don't have to run 10 minute pace if you run 12 minute pace you're a runner um and so I think just like embodying that and even if that means like walk running like I'm a huge proponent of you know when you first start the goal is for it to feel really good yeah and if you're out there I've talked to my mom about this because I actually kind of got my mom into running recently she's uh, 60 mom sorry for saying your age on this <laughs> podcast but she ran the furthest she ever ran at 59 years wow old. she ran seven miles once straight last year um and she started her goal was to run a 5K when she was 50, and she was running over a 10K when she was 59. And a lot of that awesome. was... Yeah, it was so, so cool to watch her journey. And it's really cute, too, because my dad is, like, so proud of her for Aww. it because, like, it's just fantastic that my mom is out there, like, racing and just running because she loves it. Um, and so she, um, you know, I've been giving her a lot of guidance just around, like, when I go out running it is not threshold pace every time I run. Okay, like, for I, those of you who don't for, know what threshold yeah. pace means. Yeah, so threshold pace is like, I can't talk okay. running. Like maybe the time mile, like yeah. you're running hard enough that it's hard to breathe. You're you're like, I can't do this forever, right? Like I'm tired and I really hope we're done soon. Um, or you're like, I'm, you know, kicking ass and I'm going to, you know, do run as hard as I possibly can, yeah. right? Um, I'm out here trying to get stronger and stronger means pain and you know, whatever, whatever process you go through, I can talk about some of my mantras too when it gets hard a little later, but it, it shouldn't feel hard. It yeah. shouldn't feel like you can't breathe and you don't want to do it anymore because I mean, I don't want to do things that I don't enjoy. You know, it's like when you walk outside and you're underdressed and you're freezing. Yeah. Like, you're not, like, excited to go do that again. You know, yeah. let's go back outside without a jacket on in the winter. Mm -hmm. It's the same for running. Like, you shouldn't feel absolutely exhausted every time you do it because then it's just really hard to lace up your shoes. And that's why, honestly, like, I really don't like insanity. Like, those, yeah. like, crazy hard workout classes. Just <laughs> personally because it's, like, I have a very hard time getting excited about like want feeling like I'm gonna vomit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, of course. I think the difference between like things that I enjoy is usually it's things that I'm not obligated to. It's just things that I do on my own. So I don't know if like getting an accountability partner would then make you feel like guilted into running or not. Totally. I mean I can say I run almost always with people. Mm -hmm. There it is very unusual for me to run solo. Mm -hmm. Um and so um when but I have other friends that have trained for marathons completely solo they don't run with other people and I think it's really just about like what do you like yeah you know if you prefer running by yourself and it's whatever motivates you whether it's you know losing weight whether it's running a 5k and you've never done that before or running a new distance whether it's running the 5k faster than you did before um it really is so personal and so there's not really like a one-size-fits-all recommendation other than just kind of like do good, feel good, like 
Do whatever feels good to you. Nice plug. In case you guys forgot what you're listening to, go rate, review, and subscribe. Um, okay, cool. So I want to ask one more question and yeah. then we can hop into the agenda. What are some things that you've learned from running that you can like apply to your real life or other things? Yeah, yeah, this actually comes back to kind of some of the mantras. Some something I've learned about running is, you know, to be as fit as you can possibly be to go qualify for the Boston Marathon to run, you know, the a sub for me a sub 20 minute 5k um or you know to run your first mile ever, to run your first 5k, to do a half marathon is really about routine. And about being okay with not being the fastest you're ever going to be on day one. And it's the same as like learning ukulele or guitar or a new language. Like the first day is not going to be your best day. Yeah. Um, and it's, that's the like gorgeous part of it is you get to watch yourself change and you get to see like what that investment in yourself day after day looks like in a very quantifiable way. Yeah. Because, you know, maybe you had to walk around your first mile on day one and then, you know, by month two, you're running a mile in nine minute pace or you're running you're able to run you know two miles straight without stopping you know whatever success looks like for you and just I think something that's really special about the running community and has helped me become a better friend is really just like loving people where they are like I I don't it doesn't matter to me if my friends run faster slower than I do it doesn't matter if they can run further or shorter than I can what matters is like celebrating their body and celebrating like kind of the strength and determination it takes sometimes to push through some pretty ugly runs where it's cold and rainy and you're tired or you've had a long day and you just lace up and say I'm just gonna take a few steps and we'll see where we go from there um and so for me a lot of like grit and determination has come from that where I've really learned how to push through things and kind of work find the mantras in my mind so my my mantras are very much like like you're so strong how strong so strong how strong so strong like I'll do that over my brain you're so fast how fast so fast how fast so fast and like so love um and I'll I'll go through all of those or I'll just do like a little like meditative like celebration of just like how incredible is it that you're out here pushing your body as hard as it can go and how neat that you are able to move and that you have these legs that are taking you from point a to point b and just like that full celebration of of your body, I think is really special. I love that. And you use your runs to like also for like a therapeutic time because you're not listening to music, right? You're just really with your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally with my thoughts. I use it for a social time, like when I'm running <laughs> with other people. But if I when I do run by myself, or even like on the track and things when you're not talking to people, it's very much a release it feels like a deep exhale, you know, yeah. like sometimes I feel like I take a deep breath in and I just hold all of the like stress or whatever I'm going through, like in my shoulder and in my body. And when I run, it really does feel like, like we can let it go. Like we can work it out on the pavement. Like we say that a lot because it really does feel like you're like you're a form of therapy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And by the way, yeah, we're wearing masks right now. So that's why we might sound like a little bit foggy, <laughs> but safety first yeah. and safety outside. Do you wear, I mean, this isn't, by the way, you guys talk to your like healthcare professionals. Don't, we're not um, telling you to go run like three miles, like listen to your bodies and like, don't sue us after anything that you hear today. Um, 
because we're not liable for anything. But do you wear a mask when you run? Yeah, so I wear a mask whenever I am coming around people. So if I'm out by myself running and I I can't see anyone for as far as the eye can see, I'm going to take my mask off because it's more comfortable. Yeah. Um, That is one challenge in in the city is that, you know, you're running across more people. Um, But I found that my goal is to keep myself safe and to keep them safe. And Mm -hmm. so when I, when I do get within, you know, probably I say 10 feet of people, I'll just pull my mask up. And then when I, when I'm out in the open again, I'll pull it down to be able to really get some deep breath because it's definitely harder to run in a mask than without a mask, especially if you get sweaty. (laughs) Yeah. It's really kind of gross. (laughs) Definitely. Okay, cool. So y'all keep protecting others as you're protecting yourself, but you can breathe a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Okay, great. Next on the list, a very important um, aspect of all runners' lives are shoes. Do you want to give us some insight on that? Absolutely, yeah. So I know different people have different running techniques. Um, So I run out of the Pacers, um, and we run, uh, I run with them, you know, multiple times per week. And so I can probably tell you what, who each of my runners are from like 50 feet away without even looking at their face because we know each other's strides so well. Oh my gosh. Uh, which is really funny. Um, I can like pick friends out like down the mall being like, oh, look, Brittany's running. Yeah, I've uh, actually seen this happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the the cool part about that is that everyone has different feet, everyone has different strides, and everyone has different um, training periods. You know, if you're looking to go run an ultra marathon, your shoe needs are going to be different than if you're looking to run, you know, a a mile or two, or if you're doing, you know, you're getting your first pair of tennis shoes or running shoes, you're getting, you know, track shoes. They're, they're all different. Um, The key for me is always just like, how does it feel? I'm a big proponent of like, go to a running store um, and get fitted um, and get fitted across a lot of shoes and then go run a lap around with them and whatever that looks like. So if you want to run, you know, a full block around, which is like 0.4 miles per shoe, you can do that. That's a lot of running. Or you can just run it down the block, right? Run it the stoplight and back. Um, Are all blocks 0.4 miles? 0.1 miles, yeah. So almost every single city block is around the world, like around the country. I'm not sure. I know in DC. Yeah. So interesting. So it's like 10 blocks. You expect it'll be about a mile. All right, everyone. Now you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so however, they run with us some kind of distance in these shoes. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, and you know, be really open about what kind of pain you normally experience when you run. I think everybody kind of has different parts of their body where they'll feel things in. I personally mm-hmm. don't have. I don't get knee pain. I get more of Achilles and plantar fascia pain. Um, but for folks who have knee pain, you know, you're going to need a different shoe. And if you pronate, you're going to need a different shoe. I personally have a very straight foot. And so I need a foot that's not going to curve too much. Otherwise, it creates these really sexy bunions <laughs> that I currently have going on um, on my pinky toes. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I actually had a funny running experience last night. My boyfriend and I went to REI and... I've never run in hokas before, even though I went to my podiatrist and he told me to. And so I was like, oh, they have hokas. Like, I'll give them a runabout. And I got there and the guy was like, oh, do you have socks? And I was like, no. Do you guys have socks I can use? They're like, no, you have, if you want to try on those shoes, you have to have socks. And so I oh my looked gosh. at my boyfriend, Tim, and was like, hey, <laughs> can I borrow your socks? 
just so, like that, they reach a new level. A new level of intimacy. <laughs> you know you're close when you stay in sock. And would you say your feet are the same size? Uh, my feet are not the same size. No, okay. my left foot is a little bit bigger than my right foot, and it depends on the shoe. Like Hoka's, I was a nine and a half was my size, but Nike's I wear is ten. Um, so that's also something to be aware of. And I think a lot of people get into, um, and I've done this in the past, this question around like, you know, is this too big? Is this too small? Is this too wide? Too etc. It's really just whatever feels right. The, the, whoever's measuring you and fitting you isn't going to be able to tell you, unfortunately, yeah. if this shoe is a, if this shoe is the right fit, um, you're the one who's going to be able to tell if it's the right fit. And it's okay to walk away and say, like, you know, I tried on five pairs of shoes today. I'm tired. None of them feel right. I'm going to come back again another time and try again. You don't, like, don't feel pressured to, you know, go to a shoe store and walk out with a pair of shoes if you don't find one that's right for you. Yeah, I'm looking at these hokas, and they do seem to have, like, a very thick uh-huh. thing. I don't know what that's called. Yeah, the they're maximalist shoes. Yeah, um, so Born to Run is a book that uh, really pushed the minimalist shoe. So I don't know if you guys have seen like the five room five fingers. There's actually yeah. a guy in DC who runs in flip flops. I don't know if people have seen that. It's like or in sandals. It's really fantastic. Um, but there is a big like there was a big minimalist phase where the idea was like your body is meant to run barefoot. We weren't designed to wear, you know, like yeah, we weren't. Our ancestors didn't wear super cushiony shoes. Um, and so if you want like really good body mechanics for when you're running you're going to get, you know, more force, you know, when you don't have them in like the cushion there for you, but you also are going to be able to really feel like how that feels on your body. Um, whether like, you know, if you're not, if you're not running with proper form, you're going to feel that in minimal shoes, whereas like more cushion can kind of cover that up. Yeah. Right. And so then we kind of swung, right. Like we do, I guess, even in politics, <laughs> from super minimalist shoes all the way over to like super maximalist shoes. And so hokas are, are the other side of the spectrum in terms of just, like, running on a cloud. I think I gained, like, two inches just oh from putting gosh. on hokas. I know. I'm, like, now 6'1". Did you get hokas. them? I didn't get them yesterday at REI. I wanted to get them um, from Pacers, my running store. So yeah. I'm a big proponent. If you do start to run uh, with a running club, I encourage you to support them, you know. So if you run with Pacers, um, you know, try to support them by – buying your shoes there um same with like if you go to fleet feet or different uh georgetown running club you know if you go to a different store to to try to support whatever club you run out of yeah and um how often should you get a new pair of shoes so i go by the 500 miles rule um so and or you can do it based on time um so for me about 500 miles, I track it because I have a running watch, um, and I also use Strava, um, so I can track how many miles I'm putting on each of my pairs of shoes, um, but another easy way to do that is to just really think about how many miles you run in a given week, and then yeah. kind of divide that out, right, so if you run 10 miles a week, then you probably need to be replacing them at least once a year, Interesting. Um, but if you run, you know, 50 miles a week, then you need to be running them, or replacing them every 10 weeks, and I know, every 10 weeks? If you run 50 miles a week, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you, I personally haven't found, like, my perfect shoe. So I run in three different pairs of running shoes. I run in a pair of Asics, a pair of Nikes, and a pair of 
arms right now. Um, and that's because, um, and I used to run a pair of Brooks. Um, and that's just because I couldn't find a shoe that felt exactly right to my body. I was feeling pain, but just in different places. And so that way I'm kind of distributing it, right? I'm not, I'm not running in the shoe that kind of agitates my knees every single time or say agitates your Achilles or your plantar fascia or your hips or, you know, whatever body part you feel more of the running in when you run in it. Wow. Okay. Well, that can be like a metaphor for life as well. Yeah. Like don't stick with something that's like going to cause you pain. Just like spice it up a little bit. Totally. And also like distributing, like sharing your time with different shoes, like sharing your time with the different activities you have in your life or the different friends, making, not trying to make one thing be your everything. That's true. Like don't monopolize your time in any one like facet or anything in your life, even with your shoes. Yeah. Cause if that thing goes sideways, then it, you know, you don't have other things to balance you out. Wow. The people are going to gain a lot from this episode. <laughs> I um, do have a pair. I use the running or the Nike Pegasus. Okay. Um, Zoom. So like every year I just get like the new one that they develop, but mm-hmm. I probably should get like my feet like looked at again before just like blindly buying these every time, just because our bodies also change like with injuries and age. Right. Yeah. And if you'd bring your shoe, like bring the ones you've been wearing into your, um, whatever shoe store you go into or your podiatrist and they can look at the tread and tell oh, you yeah. how you're running on those. And if those are the right shoes for you and make recommendations. Well, there you go, y'all. The shoes are taken care of. Invest in your feet and invest in your life. Definitely. And don't be afraid to be like a shoe hoarder like I am. If you find a pair of shoes you love, it's okay to buy five pairs. This is more of a PSA for myself. Okay, yeah. It's okay to buy five pairs, Sam. Yes, it is. It's perfectly okay. And soon you're going to be sponsored by Nike, so you can have an unlimited amount of shoes. So many shoes. Okay, sweet. Moving right along. Now it's time to discuss gear. Well, yes, let's talk slash here. clothes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so for those of you who are looking um, to to run, there are a couple of apps that you can use on your phone if you do run with your phone. I personally don't care for running from my, with my phone just because it kind of weighs me down and it requires me to to have another set of gear to be able to you know have somehow keep the phone on me. Um, but if you do, if you are, if you're just getting started and you don't want to invest in like a running watch or spend, you know, like $200, $300 on something like that. I am super, super supportive of using your phone to track your runs. So mm-hmm. you can use Strava, you could use like Nike has a running app. Um, there's a bunch of different apps that you can use to track your runs. Mm-hmm. And that'll give you an idea of like, if you're tracking it with your phone and you see you're doing it a lot and you get, you know, value from that, then that might be time to invest in maybe like a lower level running watch or if you're serious about it like a more serious running watch I have a a, like a base Garmin watch I would say it's like it it measures heart rate so it's like more of a middle class running watch but Mm -hmm. it's not by any means like the toppest of top tiers of running (laughs) gear um I have a Garmin 235 and we'll link to it in the in this podcast perfect um I really really love it um I it's nice because it gives me a chance to really track myself and to make sure that I'm not pushing myself too hard. Uh, the running watches can also show you if you're, um, some people use them to see if you're getting, starting to get sick or overtraining. Oh, yeah. Interesting. 
If your heart rate starts to get up like above into a different range than what it normally is for resting, then you can see that you're likely starting to catch a cold or something. And so wow. you can adjust your activity accordingly to try to prevent that. It's kind of neat. That is very neat. Yeah, your heart starts pumping more when you start to get sick to try to get all of the little blood cells everywhere. Wow. Yeah. Good to know. Um, so I really, really like my running watch. It's great for training, especially for those of you who are looking to do like couch to 5K or, or training to run a half marathon or a marathon. You're able to really see um, your day in, day out activity, and it'll show you trends. Like this week, you ran 13 miles. Your average pace was this. Your fastest mile was that. Like it's kind of nice little like celebratory things and that's kind of the cool part about running like a lot of activities I find like you can you can notice differences like if you do a downward dog that your like heels are getting closer to the ground or that um you know different way like you're able to get closer to the ground when you try to do the splits or things like that with running it's very quantitative yeah you know it's like I ran that mile faster than I've ever ran a mile before and that's like kind of the neat part about running is that it is a very quantitative way to see progress. Yeah, like if you're a data or science person, like running is probably a really good activity. For yeah, you. you can totally geek out on like elevation, to, you know, how much incline you ran and how far you ran and um, what your different paces were and how your paces change with temperature and how your paces change with humidity and all okay, sorts of goofy stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but in terms of gear, so I have um, I have a sock obsession. <laughs> not too shy. To, I'm not too proud to say it. Um, so I love, love, love features. Um, I have been wearing features for a little over a year now. Um, my friend got me onto them, um, and they just like they don't slide on your feet. They're you can get really ultra lightweight ones or the heavier weight ones depending on the season or depending on how you like the sock to feel in your shoe. They have a lifetime guarantee, which is super cool. Whoa. Yeah. Um, so you can, um, you know, if you run in them and you run a hole through them, you can just literally send it in and we'll send you a new pair. That's crazy. Okay, we're gonna link to this as well. Yeah. Features. Features. So I am a big fan of feature socks. Um, and then in terms of gear. So gear is kind of funny, and I think a big thing I've seen with my friends is, like, if you don't know what to wear when you're running and it's cold out, it's really easy to not want to go running when it's cold out. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so I want to just kind of give a quick update on, like, what I do and hope with the hope that maybe that'll be helpful for some people who are like, it's 45 degrees, what do I wear? Yeah. Or it's 35 degrees, what do I wear? Okay, we have to stop this really quick because yeah. I can only record for 30 minutes. And we're back. Thanks for listening to that ad, everyone. Now we're going to talk about being cold. Let's not be cold. Yeah. Yeah. How to not be cold. Let's avoid being cold or too hot. Oh, gosh. The days when you wear that extra jacket and you sweat yourself (laughs) into oblivion. uh, It's funny. It's like running into summer is bad, but it's almost worse when you run into winter and you wear too much clothing and you just like cook yourself. Like this was this was avoidable. Yeah, um, we're gonna learn how to find that special balance now. <laughs> so, um, when it comes to running clothes, my personal rule of thumb is if it's over fifty degrees, I wear shorts and a t-shirt. Um, anything over fifty is shorts and a t-shirt. Wow. Um, because you heat up a lot when you're running. Um, 
And of course, you know, if you do, if you follow these guidelines and you find it's too cold for you, you can always like, you know, add a long sleeve to that or add a pair of gloves to that. Um, when it's 45 to 50, I do either long pants and a short sleeve or I do a long shirt and shorts. So one long, one short. Once it gets into the 40 to 45, that's when I do long sleeve, long pants. And I'll do long sleeve, long pants until probably down to like 35. Once we get below 35, I put on, I actually run with a windbreaker on. Uh, the windbreakers are really not breathable. And so they're yeah. really good at keeping in heat. Um, and once we start to get into the 30s, that's when I start adding earmuffs and gloves as well. Sometimes if it's like a kind of colder, damper, low 40s, I'll wear a pair of gloves or a pair of earmuffs. But I'll usually end up taking those off sometimes during the run. Um, so that's my general guideline for women out there, sports bras are so important. Yeah. Uh, make sure that you're really investing in a sports bra because, yeah, and specifically for our women out there, when you're on your period, <laughs> your boobs are going to move around more and that's going to hurt a little bit more. Yeah. So totally encourage like high support sports bras during those few days or that full week of the month to make sure that you're not, your, your boobs aren't too tender. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And honestly, I always wear sports bras as my regular bras, really? especially now in like COVID world, like there's no reason to wear a real bra. So I think like if you get yourself a really nice supportive sports bra, it can also be your everyday bra. Yeah. There you go. Totally. My sports bras like, like strap my boobs to my okay, body. So it might be a little so bit. So it like hurts my shoulders because they're like, I'm also really tall. So it also might be just because I'm like, but it gives me a nice lift. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, whenever bra, you can tune back into a future episode. We'll dive deep into the different types of bras. Bras. Um, yeah. So that's I run in a couple different types of sports bras, but I I also have like kind of lighter sports bras, like you were saying, that I use for just like everyday stuff and walking around the house or you know yoga or cross training things like that. Would you like recommend people maybe try wearing more layers if they're running less miles? Yeah. So. If you're planning to run, if I run casual is what I call it. So if you're planning to go out and run relaxed pace, right? Yeah. And, and you're not trying to push it and you're not trying to um, get your heart rate too high, then I totally recommend add that extra layer. Uh, I would call it like a comfort run. You know what I mean? Like you're probably going to want to wear clothing that's closer to what you wear for a walk. Um, just because you're going to be somewhere in between that walk run. So dress like somewhere in between what you would if you were walking and what you would if you were running hard. Okay. That makes sense. I, um, yeah, I've been running like two or three miles and I'm always wearing like base layers yeah. and of like puffy. Yeah. So I think it also, like y'all know your body types, but are you one of the people who lay out your workout outfit like the night before? I don't, um, but that's, I, uh, I have an, an agenda of running every week. So I have plan. I like, I can tell you my plan for running every single day of this week. So I don't really with, uh, with my, uh, like with a friend or with a group. And so I don't um, put my clothing out because I know that if I don't show up, I'm, you know, I'm, that means that my friend that I would be running with would be running solo. Yeah. Um, so for me, sense. that's, that's kind of my version of putting my clothes out. Yeah. Cool. For sure. The one temperature I don't run in, Sam doesn't run in the 30s when it's raining. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Because I get sick when I'm trying to try that. 
the road, like the roads are like extra slippery because they're probably like half frozen. Yeah, and if you run in like leaves, are can be really slippery when it's in the thirties. Like I've run in sleet a couple of times, and that is quite an adventure. Yeah, icicles to the face. Um, um, I just have found that when I run when it's in the thirties and and raining, I get um, I tend to get sick, and so I've just really been kind of like kind of created that like boundary for myself yeah i'm like it's okay to like call your friend and say you can't make it if you know if that means that you would be running and potentially you know yeah your then staying risk. like then you wouldn't be able to run for even longer if you get sick yeah and there's a few times where i've done it where i've been like i'm gonna get sick but i'm doing it anyways because you know it's my friend's birthday run or yeah it's you know uh pacer's 10th anniversary or whatever but um but yeah i'm if it's just a casual run with a friend, I'm, I'll definitely try to rain check. Yeah. Literally. So, y'all listen to your body. That's like a reoccurring theme here. Oh, yeah. Totally. And and you'll learn. It's okay to go out and to come back in and put on an extra layer. It's okay to put on an extra layer and get running and be like, wow, I'm wearing too much clothing. Yeah. Like, that's the only way you figure it out. Um, and it's kind of fun, too, because you get a chance to be like, you will know yourself so, so well in terms of what you need for different temperatures and um, my friends give me a really hard time for water. Um, I am such a dork. I run, I always have a water bottle on me. Uh, anything over two miles, I run with a water bottle, which is silly and not the norm yeah. <laughs> for folks out there. That is not the norm. But for me, my goofy twick is, or tick is that I, um, when my throat starts to get like that dry gummy feeling, I like rage quit. <laughs> you what? Rage quit. I'm just like, I can't do this. Oh, yeah, this yeah, is impossibly yeah. hard, and I'm done. <laughs> it was just hilarious, because, like, if I have a water bottle in my hand, I can run for, like, quite a long time. Yeah. But if I don't have a water bottle, if I make it five miles, I'd be stuck. Yeah, I think just, like, knowing <laughs> that you don't have the option to have a sip of water if you wanted one probably drives you insane. It drives me nuts, yeah. And then I feel, like, that gummy feeling in my throat, and I'm just like, I don't want to do this. Yeah, that doesn't sound very appealing. <laughs> no. Um, so you have been known to run with a full gallon of water, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> so, but y'all, if you're just getting started, maybe, like, definitely hydrate, but probably not necessary. No, Do but that. it's great for the biceps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you run with a – I've run with, like, a liter of water in each hand before. I've run with a couple of pretty silly uh, water situations. But those are usually when it's, like, the summer and it's, you know, a half marathon training run and it's, you know, 95 degrees outside. Yeah. Then it's, like – you know, that or drink out of the Potomac, which yeah. probably discouraged. Probably is not the best <laughs> idea. Um, okay, since we're talking about water and hydration, what are some fueling tips you can give the listeners? Yeah, so I am a big proponent of if you're doing a morning um, run to eat a little something beforehand, whatever that looks like. Um, if, if you like cereal, if you like a banana, if you like, um, you know, toast with peanut butter, whatever – again this comes back to kind of like whatever's right for you and I recommend kind of playing around the same goes if you start training for longer runs like if you want to do I would say anything over seven eight miles even over five miles if you haven't done that distance before and you're interested in in investing in like chews or gels um Mm -hmm. for for fueling um that's another one where it's so personal um I have some friends I personally like um like honey stinger gels um, but I have some friends who who can't do gels at all, and they prefer like the little like snacky ones. Um, there's some ultra runners who like run with uh, like hummus 
my gosh. So um, it, it truly is just like, you know, find something that works for you. But the advantage of having something beforehand is you're going to get your like the glucose levels in your body up so that you're not just pulling from your stores. And when you pull from your stores, that's when it's a lot harder for your body to, to create energy like that. Um, and so it's, I, I personally recommend having a little bit of something to eat to give yourself that, that quick and easy sugar energy for you to, when you get out there. And like how far in advance would you say you should eat your snack? Totally depends on you. Um, I personally can eat something like right before and not have any trouble. I have some friends who have to eat at least an hour before they run. Wow. So again, that's a great question and, and it's totally just kind of whatever your body feels. What do you do? Well, I was trying for a long time to do intermittent fasting, but okay. for me, that would mean, like, starting eating at 10 a.m., so that's, like, not really, like, fasting to most people. Right. Um, but before that, I would always wake up and eat, like, a piece of toast immediately. Like, when I wake up, I'm, like, super hungry. Yeah. So, like, the toast for me is good with, mm-hmm. like, some vegan butter on it mm-hmm. and then maybe some honey, and then I'll try to do a little bit of yoga and then um, go on, like, a short run, but I... I realized, like, through the intermittent fasting thing that I, I'm one of those people that has to eat a little snack. Yeah. And um, I wouldn't eat, like, I don't eat dairy as it is, but I wouldn't think, it doesn't sound appealing to me to eat, like, yogurt or something, like, thick and creamy. Just what I wouldn't want to do. Um, but I like having, like, the carbs, like, the bread. Yeah. The and bread or, like, or fruit, I think. Or, you know, if you want to have an apple before you run or something sugary. That's probably good. Uh, but, yeah, I have some friends who will go run 10 miles without a drop of food in your stomach. And so yeah. if that's, you know, if that works for you, right on. Less prep. <laughs> well, this, the audience is probably wondering now, if it's co- if the food goes in, it's got to go out. So do you have any little funny stories or tips about, like, not going to the bathroom during your run? Or have you ever teased yourself during your run? All of the funny stories that people have been waiting for. All the funny stories. When I run really, really hard, I will lose control of my bladder. It happens. That's just part of running uh, for me. Yeah. Some people are lucky and don't have that problem, but that unfortunately happens for me. Um, and so I'm like very thoughtful about making sure that I go to the bathroom beforehand and know where like the porta potties around town yeah. are. If I start to feel it coming on so that I can um, make a stop. Um <laughs> But I've luckily never pooped myself, though yeah. I imagine that will happen at some time. I think if you're a serious enough runner, everyone's had like that. like a milestone issue. Like when you reach it. I know, and it's so funny hearing the stories of like, and then I was six miles into a 10-mile run and I shot myself. That sounds like, so traumatic. What do you do? <laughs> right? Like, think about it. What would you do? Yeah. Um, and so people like laughing about like, you know, finding a spot of woods and flipping their shorts inside out or oh like um, having to go like find a garden hose or something is so or calling someone if you have your phone to come pick you up but that's also like an interesting ask being like hi yeah I'm about to get in your car can you bring some towels oh my gosh so you peed you definitely mm-hmm. peed have you ever known that like not known that you peed until you got done and you were like well I guess I peed or is it like something that you have like I don't notice it. Yeah, it's not like a conscious, like, and now I'll pee myself. It's, yeah. it's totally subconscious. <laughs> and while late, I'll be peeing, so that sounds kind of scary, though, too. Yeah. Like, you're running so hard that your body loses control of its basic functions. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. That's there what you, you can aspire. Go. You can do yeah. that if you want to. I mean, like, normal runs I don't, right? Like, if I'm running around town or, like, 
Um, my more casual runs or even like threshold training runs are usually okay. But if I, if I do like a really hard training run yeah. um, where I'm trying to like grow cardiovascular fitness. And so like, you know, the top end of threshold, then it's not uncommon. Wow. I wish it was intense. uncommon, but yeah, it's, I think for some reason the summer seems to be worse too. I don't know why that would be, but probably because I'm just drinking a lot more water too. Yeah. Just to try to hydrate, but Yes, so keys for that, if you have to go, you should try to find a spot to go. Yes. Um, and that, it's okay to pee in the woods. It's okay to poop in the woods. I've been with many friends who have done both of those things. Um, yeah. The, you know, if you can poop before a run, like, that's a huge one. It's really yeah. funny. It's a thing, like, runners talk about a lot. Or, like, did you poop? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, I pooped. Like, yeah. I used to like not go on a run until after I pooped because I actually did have an experience one time where I pooped my pee. Oh my god! I was like two houses away from my house. No. Yeah, and I just like couldn't control it anymore. So close. Yeah, so then I ended up canceling the half marathon I was gonna do because I was like, my body's not ready. (laughs) But um, I guess it happens to people who are very ready too. So I so then I was living in fear that I would. like that would happen again so I would never run until after I pooped so but my my poop schedule was really on point back then so yeah. like because I like trained myself to like basically poop every morning yeah. and then go on the run yeah but now um I don't try to poop before I run yeah just for everyone out there <laughs> and if you're doing like a shorter run you should hopefully be okay yeah. but I mean, running does things to your body, right? It moves the blood away from, you know, your GI system. So it's not unusual for you to have to go. Um, but I had a friend, oh my gosh, for one, I did a half marathon with a friend one time and she ate like tasty cakes super, super late one oh night. Oh my gosh. And the next day we were running a half marathon and we we're like mile six and she's like, damn, I really got to poop. And I'm oh like, my gosh. girlfriend, we are seven miles from the finish line. Yeah. Like, we got to find you a spot now. This is not a like, you know, hold it in and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we got to mile nine and we saw porta potties and I was like, yes. And she was like, I actually feel all right. Cool, that's awesome. Like, are you sure? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we got to mile eleven. Oh my god. She gosh. did not feel fine. Yeah. So did you stay with her while she pooped, or did you just run on? She told me to run on. Yeah, she actually ended up being not that far behind me. So just goes to show you can finish a race. Yeah. yeah, you can like get a little bit lighter, maybe <laughs> shed some tickets. <laughs> so you learned a lot, y'all. This is our longest podcast to date, so we're gonna kinda end it now. But Sam is an expert. You can find her not on Instagram, she doesn't have one. No, but you can, you know, of course reach out to the Do Good Feel Good podcast yeah. if you have any questions, or if you're in DC and want to run around together. I'm always out and about. Email us at do good feel good show at gmail.com. And let us know what you thought about this episode. Also, please rate, review, subscribe. Before we close, what is a challenge that people who are listening could take with them into the week ahead? I would say for this week and even, you know, for the month and the rest of the year, just try to find some sort of fitness and movement that makes you happy. Um, You know, if if you want to get out there and try running um, and give it a go, I say, you know, if you have a bad run, it's okay to, to go out and try again. Um, it, like with anything, the more time you put into it, the better you'll get at it. And so don't be hard on yourself. You know, love yourself through the process and see where your body takes you. I like that. And, like, a lot of people are afraid to start something because they don't want to be bad at it. But yeah. running can just be a thing that you do 
just for endorphins and just to process. It doesn't have to, you don't have to be the best at it. No. Yeah. Do it for you. Um, and it's, it's fantastic for weight loss. I mean, if you look at like professional runners, right, they're really, really skinny and there's a reason for that. So, you know, it's in terms of losing weight, it's, it's an easy way to, um, to lose pounds if you're able to find some joy in it where you can get some social benefits, some, yeah. you know, emotional release and also um, be able to eat whatever you want. Kind of yeah, <laughs> Sam does. She's like constantly snacking. I am too, but she never seems to change. Her body never seems to change. But there's a plug for running. There you go. Eat what you want. All the ice cream. I actually do Waffle Tone Wednesdays, where I run on Wednesdays, and then we go eat a pint of ice cream. Where at? Uh, we switch between different local um, DC ice cream parlors. So Mount Desert, and we'll go to Jubilee. And, nice. Yeah. What about Jenny's? Jenny's is on the list, and then a nice cream. Those are the four we rotate between. Awesome. Shout out to all you ice cream places in D.C. All right, Sam, let's close out the episode. Thank you so much, Lauren, for having me. All right, thanks for coming. Now here is our outro song written and recorded by Sam. Bye. Bye. Yeah.